Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Sam Levin. So let's talk about what you're doing now at Bucket Listers. Before we started recording, you mentioned to me that you just got promoted. So congratulations. Thank you. You are biz dev team lead now for Bucket Listers. So what does that title mean and what are your responsibilities? Yeah, great question. So when you're working at a startup, there's a lot of movement, obviously, which means there's a lot of opportunity for growth. So I felt that in the last three months, I've been promoted twice and really gotten to work closely with the CEO, the leadership team. And now I'm actually on that leadership team. I have a team under me. I'm managing a couple people in New York and Chicago. And with that means for reviewing their proposals, understanding that their success is my success. It's a whole new wave of management and leadership that I'm diving into, understanding that I have a lot of things on my plate personally to get up from a partner standpoint and managing all these partner relationships. But it's not just about my pipeline anymore. It's actually about the team and understanding the whole vision of success from a business development side. Much more granular. It's very fun. But at the same time, I do need to strategize more. And I do need to think through rather than just like diving into emails. Yeah. So break it down for us. What do you actually do in this job? Yes. Part of it is now managing a team of... What is it? Four people? Yes. Yeah, so it's a team of, of six, my manager, and then underneath my manager is myself and then the team below. Really from what it is, is it's going to be continuing to negotiate with my partners and discussing deals on my pipeline. And then obviously going to be setting up meetings to help onboard our team members that are new, that are still understanding the negotiation process of when we're talking to a partner. Uh, we have two business models. So one is flat fee, working with a partner like a White Claw or a Netflix that doesn't have a ticketed event. And then we have the whole world of ticketing from concerts to cupcake making classes or ceviche making classes or Oktoberfest where we have beer halls or Emo Brunch, which is a Bucket Listers Presents division, which is a brand new division where we're actually hosting, running, signing the lease to different things. We're really, really, really the ones leading the charge on that. It's the world of ticketed events, but really the world of experiences 
bucket lister's goal is to inspire experiences. Don't buy a watch, buy an experience for your husband, something like that. Okay, cool. And you mentioned working with partners. Sure. I know because I've seen your resume that you talk about negotiating contracts with venues, with artists, and with companies to plan events in various cities. When I read that, Sam, it sounded to me like more of a marketing function. Could you give us an example of something that you have planned or artists that you've signed up and what it was that they were doing? Yeah, of course. You're right. Bucket Listers is a marketing platform where social media driven Instagram and TikTok are really our bread and butters. We have a huge email newsletter following Facebook as well. We're using social media organically. So no paid ads to reach our audience. These are people that are repeat customers. They're looking at our Instagram every day, interested and engaged of what we're going to be posting out there and ready to purchase tickets actually of what those are. So Last weekend, we actually had our biggest weekend in Bucket Listers history. We had about seven events. Governor's Ball is a partner of ours. That's a music festival in New York. Their main goal is to have that brand feel New York-wide, not just at City Field where the Mets play and where the actual event is hosted, but also in these post-party events. So I planned two of them. One of them was in Long Island City. We got artists from GovBall to actually perform and we promoted it as a gut ball after dark series. So it's a post party and we did two of those. So Friday night was in Long Island City at the Summer Club. And then Saturday was at this very famous photography museum called Photographiska, where we had four different DJs on two different levels performing. Bucket Listers is selling tickets to it. We're marketing it, promoting it, handling the customer service side, really a one-stop shop for customers as well as for venue partners. That's kind of what we did there. It was a huge success, really great. But on top of that, we also had a wine fest this weekend that we didn't host, but we promoted. So we're working with a partner on that. The Williamsburg Hotel in New York had a Baker Mac concert. He's a big DJ. And we sold tickets to their VIP booth and GA tickets to their pool area. So it is really, really, really a busy time, but a fun time to see how many people are engaged in New York, one, but also just worldwide. We've, as you mentioned, 10 different cities in in the United States. What I love about this, first of all, it sounds like a really fun job (laughs) for somebody who's in their early mid twenties to be focused on like fun activities Mm -hmm. that your demographic would be attending. (laughs) The other thing is that You were not like a marketing major Mm -hmm. in school. You majored in journalism. How did you make that transition into the world of sales? And we Mm -hmm. should probably also for our listeners, Sam, break down the difference between a sales function and a business development biz dev function. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, my biggest doubt in college was if journalism was right for me. If I was writing or doing broadcast or multi-platform journalism, if it was a fit from a career standpoint. I doubted a lot of my career up until really bucket listers. Something I spoke about on when you first heard my name was on my mom's podcast. And that was the idea of stepping stones. The idea of you don't need your dream job right away. 
And you kind of just need to continue to learn and figure out what you like and don't like. And that was B&H photo and video for me. That was my first job out of college working with the Pelotons and the Nikes and being on a team where I was at a big company. I wasn't really talking to our leadership team. I didn't understand the vision of the company. And that was a little frustrating, but it was a stepping stone. I was learning the business development side of a journalism company, a company that sells you know, photo and video and understanding the importance of quality lighting or anything like that, that I now apply to bucket listers and what makes our content good. Ultimately, what's going to drive sales is the quality of content. And so that's really the stepping stone of understanding that I didn't need it all at once. I did have a lot of career doubts. And then you find something that you're really passionate about and you kind of you know ride with it. It's all about those transferable skills, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's what journalism is and communications and understanding how to even do an interview or understanding how to speak well, not use um or ah, as simple as that. So what is the difference in your mind between sales mm-hmm. and business development? Great question. Sales to me feels like what I actually learned at BH. He said, don't be a car salesman. Don't be trying to force something down someone's throat. Business development feels like the growth of relationships. A lot of the time I'm talking to a partner, I'm not even talking about the one contract we're discussing now. I'm talking about a 10-year relationship where, hey, if we take our time and actually make this a great event, annually, we can just create amazing events because we've already gone through all the nitty-gritty, the difficult details. So apologies if it's an extra 5 emails back and forth. But I really want this to be perfect so that next year, When we're running the same event, we know what worked and what didn't work. And we have a really successful event that has a ton of momentum with it. Yeah. It sounds to me like sales is more transactional Mm -hmm. and biz dev is more partnership development. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I couldn't have said that better. So you mentioned B&H photo and video where you worked right out of school. Mm -hmm. How did you get that job? I took my time post-college process. Currently, I'm two for two in interviews. So I've done two interviews in my life besides internships, and I got them both. I really, really, really was thinking through what I wanted to do. And it wasn't really job-focused. It was actually New York-focused. I just wanted to move to New York and get started there. And I trusted that everything would work out once I did so. So B&H came up through a mutual friend as most job opportunities do. They come up through somebody that connects you with somebody. Flew to New York, had an interview. Before that, did a lot of networking with my dad's friends, with my community, with my mom's friends. B&H just seemed like a good fit where basically it got me to New York. I knew I could learn a little bit. After about a year, I felt like I had learned enough or almost everything in that job position, I was very hungry to look at something else. If I didn't get the job at Bucket Listers, I was ready to basically work two jobs, one at B&H and one to network and to interview and to dive all into the job search. So you were at B&H for what, like a year and a half? I think less. I think it was like a little over a year, but definitely was something that their process of paying people wasn't... I didn't see the upside and I didn't see the growth and I didn't see the exposure to the leadership team or becoming a manager or anything like that. It felt very much like the corporate ladder, which now that I'm at a startup, it kind of irks me, everything corporate. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So on your resume, you talked about analyzing growth opportunities within Deloitte, 
Anheuser-Busch, mm-hmm. Stanley Black and Decker to reach additional cities that resulted in more than 5x sales growth year on year. Mm-hmm. That was during your time at BNH. What does that mean? And how did you do that, Sam? As we just discussed, you were a journalism mm-hmm. major at Maryland. Did they train you or was this just on the job? A good balance. I mean, a lot of that is nurturing relationships and understanding timing and understanding when to reach out and not badgering somebody if they're working on an order, but getting on a phone call and connecting with them personally and saying, Hey, tell me a little bit more about not just this one order, same idea, right? Not just this one order, but like, what's the company want to do in the next year? And then understanding that. And then if they mention another market, Oh boy. Okay. Now they mentioned another market. That means that there's another opportunity to build up an entire studio and maybe the studio is even bigger and just really looking at every opportunity as this growth opportunity. And again, not feeling very salesy, understanding that this is a win-win partnership. If we are already getting ahead of this and tackling your future issues, let's just do it now and bundle it up together. Sales came very naturally, but at the same time, I think relationship building is where I've always wanted to be a part of and has excelled in. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Oh,